When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy balmy Tuesday for now and freezing Tuesday for later. There, we've covered everything. Make sure your hatches are battened down for later tonight. How many knots is that wind? I blame Tom Skilling. Yeah, well, do you know Tom Skilling was going out with a bang? Yeah. It has to be Mother tornadic like, blizzards. Nah, with well, uh, let me tell you guys, uh, we've got uh, quite a storm uh, brewing up here in the Midwest. Uh, Mother, Mother Nature is like, all right, I'm going to send you out in fashion. In yeah. style. Yes, uh, we've got, you uh, know he is a lot thrilled. Of, uh, big hail coming in this afternoon, uh, and then we're going to have a potential for tornado, tornadic activity in the uh, suburbs. And uh, after good. that, we're going to get a cold shot, and the temperature's going to fall into the <laughs> 30s uh, tomorrow. All we right, should put him on go. camera. I mean, if he's here, we might as well throw him on camera. No, that was that was pretty good. I, 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 I got enjoyed you. that. But yeah, he's you know he's excited, and uh, I'm not. <laughs> I just want something, decide something. Pick a lane. I don't know how to dress every day. <laughs> Pick a lane, it's Mother Nature. It's fine, guys. It's February. Let it be February. It's I fine. I don't it's want fine. it to be May in February. It'll all be over in 50 years anyway. Sure. Don't have to worry long. about it. That's too long. All right. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate on, it. Lots to get to today. No more nonsense, guys. Get serious. This yeah. is hockey. Stop, Stop, the Jesus. Stop grab ass. Leave, leave the grab ass for My tomorrow. Lord. Uh, we're going to cover what happened in practice today. We got Andreas, Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, Fully participating in practice. Yeah, he was. You'll out there. hear from uh, Luke Richardson, and then we're going to wrap up uh, what remains of our mailbag questions, which are plentiful. So let's get right to it. Uh, got to the rink this morning and saw Athanasiu out there in the white jersey, and at first, kind of participating in some skating drills, saying, "All right, I don't know if he's going to fully participate." But he was in there. He was participating in every part yep, took of what was happening in practice today. Yeah, he was in every drill. Uh, took some rushes um he's as participated as fully as he has in months so uh it was a good good uh good sign and very quickly he was back to normal it seemed (laughs) yeah uh he's in mid-season form you'll know what we mean if you've watched him before but it's good to see him out there they as much as we you know and as much as we all know andreas athanasiu really isn't a difference maker for on most teams but on this not team a, he is not a he's game, a huge game breaker he, he yeah. is mm-hmm. not going to save the season he's not going to help them go on a 12 game winning streak but he is going to give them NHL speed mm-hmm. exceptional NHL yeah. speed he's going to be able to then put guys in proper places better guys yeah. don't have to play top six when they're not they have no business being top six i mean you can argue that anthony Siu isn't a top six player but he is on this team on this yeah. team yeah right. so uh i don't know we were all watching him and we were like oh god he's totally playing thursday but nah, he kinda, there's no way he kind of pumped the brakes on that a little bit saying he still needs it's he's still not a hundred percent but i wouldn't be shocked if he's out there thursday even, i would be shocked. even with that i mean two full practices morning skate it's not like these were the first days he's he's been skating for a month. Like the conditioning is there. Yeah. It's just his faith in his well, in the, the Yeah, and we're gonna get to Luke here in a minute, but that's that's kinda what he said is like there's still a little bit of a hesitance from Athens CU to like really attempt a burst or, you know, hit a sharp turn because he doesn't really trust it yet. And we did, although he was participating in practice, he was not going at the same intensity of the other players on the ice. And it was a very intense it was a long practice. It was very intense. All the drills were fast moving and, you know, physical and all those things. And he was in them, but he was sort of keeping his distance and not engaging as fully as the other guys. So I thought maybe early Thursday would look like a return, but I think he's still got a ways to go. And even hearing from him today, if you want to hear what he had to say, it's on the CHGO Blackhawks Twitter account. He still sounded like he had, for his own mental well-being, he felt like he had a little bit more to go before he's ready to come back. Yeah. 
gamesmanship. And, and don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and don't, you know, there's there's nothing he needs to rush back for, you know, like we need need him to be fully healthy if he's going to be here rather than jump into the lineup early, oh, shoot, tweak something, and now, we won't, now you don't see him enough for another month or so, and, and he goes into the offseason with injury issues. Like, wow. make sure he's fully ready to go. And, and trusts his body that it's going to respond the way it wants to and or, or that it he wants it to um, and then you get the you get the most out of him towards the end of the season he's not rushing back to help them for a playoff push or anything so let his body heal up yeah he needs to feel 100% ready to go and you could tell watching him and listening to him that he's not quite there yet and I, it's always interesting you know we heard it earlier this year from Colin Blackwell who also dealt with a frustrating lingering long injury and ethanasi was saying it today how, it's how frustrating and lonely it can be yeah he's like i'm just sitting at home on the couch and i'm just like lost in thought and i'm feeling i'm in pain i don't really know what the future holds and it's i think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that these guys are are people and once the game's over they go home they've got mm-hmm. girlfriends families whatever and it's tough and when and he mentioned when he saw all those what the hawks had like nine guys on ir at once feeling that helplessness of man i can't I can't get out there and help, and I have no clue when I'm going to be able to help again. Yeah, you feel for these guys, and yeah, they're well paid and all those things, but it's got to be tough. And he acknowledged it; he said so. Yeah, I mean, to to not be able to play hockey as a hockey player is is challenging because it's like yeah. what else, you know, what else do you uh, you know what else do you do? What else do you have interest in? And just sitting at home and not being able to be on the road with the guys, be in the locker room, be on the ice, be on the bench, like not have any of that not have your normal routine that you've had as a as a professional for so many years like it's it, it can turn things uh on its head well here's something uh thursday avalanche are in town probably won't play but again if he's out there i'm gonna be like aha i told you so then saturday <laughs> uh the uh it is saturday right yes saturday the ass jackets are in town the mm. revenge game. So if it's, say he doesn't play those two games, he wants to get a few more days. Then they go on the road three more for three straight. Monday, Colorado, Tuesday, Arizona, and then next Saturday, Washington. Do you realize the last time Andreas Athanasiu played was November 9th at the Tampa Bay Lightning? Mm-hmm. That is also the last time the Blackhawks won a road game. That is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Maybe wow. he is why they can't win on the road. <laughs> so save him for that Colorado game. If he comes back and the losing streak is snapped, there's oh, the mystery. That's, that's interesting, yeah. That is unreal. <laughs> that's the, the, What is it, 21 straight? 21 in a row. That is The only insane. reason it's not more, they've only had one road game this month. Right, yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Holy cow. That's crazy. Hey, at least they, you know, win some games at home. Yeah. Some. I mean, the they had, what? They were doing good on the road up until then. They they won in Pittsburgh. Well, they only had, like, they five won road in games. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. They won in Tampa. There it is. The season ended when Andreas <laughs> Antetokounmpo yeah. fell awkwardly he was, in Tampa. He was the key piece. Obviously. They need to lock him up long-term, 10-year contract. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just for road games, though. Just for, yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right, so you know, only $5 million, you know. But, you know. Sure. All right, let's, uh, let's get to Luke Richardson. Uh, not only was Athanasiu a topic, he talked about Connor Murphy's health, uh, Nikita Zaitsev's health, and offered some insight on how Connor Bedard is growing as a leader. Good stuff. Here is uh, Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. Athanasiu didn't have a game targeted quite yet, but do you guys have one? Uh, no, I uh, haven't talked to him after today, but it was great to see him. That was kind of even more up-tempo of a practice and some physicality, and he was involved in all of it. So uh, it was good to see, but uh, yeah, I don't have a timetable yet. How's uh, Connor Murphy doing? Um, you know, I mean, it was slower than I thought it would be, but uh, I think it's just that's what he's the protocol he's got to take so uh you know not on the ice yet uh so in the gym though definitely and uh, ramping things up there so that's good and then i'm not sure i don't have a timeline on progression to the ice i think zaitsev was out there today for the first time which was good um but that'll still be a while because uh you know he's coming off a pretty severe uh, uh, knee injury so um no timeline on him but at least he at least made the step now he's graduated on his own on the ice murphy's not there yet Oh, Athanasi was talking about uh, 
dealing mentally with the injury, the long layoff, and uh, sitting on the couch, nothing but his thoughts and, and feeling the pain. Have you ever dealt with something like that? Or uh, no, I don't think so. I think I've anything I've had is pretty clear timeline. So um, yeah, that that could be a long, definitely a long time when there's uncertainty of what it is exactly or how they're gonna. Uh, approach uh, fixing the problem. So uh, I know he kind of ended up going back and seeing the, a guy that he had. I don't think it was exact same injury, but um, uh, you know, same area of the body that he he kind of went back to that guy that he had that injury in LA. So I think he was comfortable with that, and uh, that's kind of led us to here. And uh, being on the ice is great, uh, but I, I was watching him, and I think the mental part of it as well is getting over the hurdle. He's worried about re-injuring it again, which I think the doctors feel that he's at the point where he can go full out. Uh, it's just going to be him pain, comfort level doing it. But I think today, even watching him, I could tell he's still watching himself on the quick, like on a stop start. I could see his, in his face and body language. So that's going to be a mental hurdle to get over as much as getting back into shape. How much have you missed his speed, particularly on the zone entries, the power play? Yeah, even on a drill today we did with, uh, it's kind of work on the, your defense and then you go to the offense and out. Uh, he had a couple just quick, uh, you know, stick skill plays. And just as, I, once he's moving, uh, he kind of, he, he has such good glide that he kind of snuck into a few areas and uh, had a couple good plays there today and then just in a drill. So, uh, you know, I mean, I saw that and I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of we do miss that in the game. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he had 20 goals last year, but he probably could have had closer to 25, 30 easily on, on the opportunities that he created on breakaways or uh, turnovers in the ozone just with his speed. So. That speed is the way the game's played now, and I think you know he's, he could be an integral part for sure. Uh, and you know what, he can play. He, I thought at the end of the last year, playing in the middle, he really worked on his defensive game, and um, he was in good position a lot. So, and he doesn't need to cheat for speed for sure. So I think he understood that. So I think uh, for him coming back, once he's able to play, I think uh, that should be able to help to fall back on as well uh, when, once he comes back in here. I'm trying to think back. There was no hint of this before that game on the 9th of November. Uh, no, but he did say, I think he stepped on a puck or a stick in training camp, and he, and he did something, you know, in a, one of the lower body and one of the legs, and he said it kind of was there for a while, and it was getting better, but then, then he did something that game uh, in Tampa, right? That's in Tampa game. And uh, I remember he did something early in the game, and he went down the tunnel and got checked, and came back and in the second period I think he had a partial break and if it was any other game and he was healthy he would have had a breakaway and I could see him kind of almost wincing going down the ice and one legging and he had to kind of veer off to the left and just fling a shot at the net otherwise most nights he would have been in clear cut so uh, you know I think it trickled in minor injury in training camp kind of fought through it and settled down and then just kind of made it worse and did it again that game so not not out of nowhere, but definitely uh, I didn't think it was that severe for sure. In the fall, I asked you about Bedard's leadership, and have you seen any growth in that since he came back, or is he still kind of doing the same thing where it's not a lot of group talking, but more one-on-one, -on -one, just little tips to guys? Yeah, I think he's uh, you know he's 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 pretty quiet, but he's engaged on the ice when they'll have meetings before a face-off, and I'm sure he's taking charge there. And same as on the power play, you know, deciding where, where they want to start out. And, um, you know, I mean, even in practice today, I noticed them really taking charge in leadership or, or uh, kind of maturity too, right? In the same area, like going hard today after a day off and, I mean, really showing that he wants to pr progress and push. And, and the back checking in a drill that you're, you're never going to catch the line because I blow the whistle a little bit early. They take the shot and he, and he had. You know, his head down, back checking all day. So that's to me, that's leadership showing that you're working the hardest in practice. And, um, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I mean, he does stuff on his own. He likes to go. Uh, he's here all day after the guys leave, and he's in the shooting room and stuff like that. Uh, he he does stuff, and I think he's just done that his whole career, his whole life. And so that's something that. I think we'll trickle in and then other people will start maybe doing stuff with him as he creates those relationships with each other. But, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I think uh, he, he's just driven to play and he's a quiet guy. So, you know, the leadership skills are just going to come in time. And But today was just a, a good example to me of him learning that, 
you know, I'm not just going to feel my way into a, a practice after a day off. He's going to skate the hardest in the first two drills. So that was that was great to see. Have you seen an incline in just his physicality too? I know we're yep. talking about the cane head, but a couple games ago, the, the Jets game, he just didn't back down. Like, yeah. What have you seen there? Yeah, and I thought even uh, before the Jets game, I thought even skating harder on the on the forecheck, kind of like earlier in the year when he had a couple steals and makes teams pay. Uh, you know, I think that's where he's going to be really dangerous and, uh, you know, learning kind of when he can do that and when maybe to kind of not back off, but maybe have to pull out and be that F3 for us to have a deep pinch or something. And I, I was just seeing, you know, growth in his game, uh, just watching the game yesterday again, uh, just defensively. Like there's a couple times where he might leak out of a spot in the defensive zone that we kind of need our players in. But he's, he's learning that, and I see his head turning around looking, and I saw a couple times where he's in the perfect spot. Where earlier in the season, he's really trying to go get that puck all over the ice and just take off. So he's getting a little bit more patience in his game at this uh, level, and the pucks will come to him in the right spots, and then we know that he can make something happen when, when that happens. Athens, you had those numbers last year, but there has been kind of a track record of having a difficult time of really how to utilize him. Do you feel like it's kind of a mischance with possibly experimenting him with Bedard right now with Bedard and being out? Yeah, and maybe it's not even full-time, but even in a game, throwing him out there a couple shifts, uh, if one of them's going or the other one, both of them are really going, I think uh, it could be really dangerous and back teams off. If it's an aggressive team, maybe it will back them off a little bit that we can make plays underneath. Um, I mean, it's definitely something that you know, we thought about going into the season. We just didn't really get there yet. But uh, especially with Taylor uh, Hall being out, you know, obviously the rest of the year, that would have been uh, probably a big help to have another option to do that. I think you had a lot of chemistry with Reiko last year. Does his arrival make you think twice about when you bring him back? Um, you know what? I think uh, it's a it's a good question because I, that's what we wanted to see at the beginning of the year. We just didn't see that spark at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, kind of went away from it, but it's something that we could have always went back to, I think, uh, especially when we were trying Lucas at center and then move him to the wing. It would have been an easy, easy move. Unfortunately, we don't have, we didn't have him, and now if he comes back, Lucas is working on his game. And I, I talked to Anders down there the other night, and he had a f good first period the other night, and then the second period maybe wasn't quite as strong, so it's just getting his confidence level back up for a whole game and get him on a roll. So, Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be about the right timing that both happen, and that would be great because we do know that there was some chemistry, and that's not just luck. If It was a bit of a sustained time. So I, I think that's something to revisit when, when the time is right for both of them. Yeah. There he is, the always insightful Luke Richardson. I uh, like the stuff about Bedard kind of growing as a leader, and he's I don't think he's ever going to be like your Brent Seabrook vocal leader type of guy. I think he's going to be the more, as Luke kind of said, Lead by example yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, he's going to be the guy that you're not going to want to piss off or disappoint in the locker room. Kind of like Jonathan Taves. Where yeah. Like Seabrook was notable, like famously the guy that would be the rah-rah guy, the vocal mm -hmm. guy, where mm -hmm. Taves would be the guy that'd be like getting mad at you if you screwed yeah. up a drill. Uh, so <laughs> well, and he, he also had Taves and I think Bedard has this too where – I am the most talented and I am the hardest working. What is your excuse? Right. If yeah. I'm the best player on this team and I'm out here before you and I'm out here after you, you can certainly do more. Now, it's I don't think Counter Bedard is going to be the kind of guy that says you have to have the level of commitment I do. But if guys are there, you know, practice is 11 or on the ice at 10.59 and off at 12.01 or whatever it might be, where Bedard's there from 10 till three he's, turning, he's like. turning on the lights at the joint yeah you know, really like yeah. today he we, he was still yeah. in the other rink uh, he went to another rink he went to the other <laughs> rink and he had Mackenzie Entwistle and Philip Kershev still with him they had, three of them were just on the ice and I saw pucks. they took a chopper to uh, the edge in Bensonville because <laughs> that was a fresh sheet then they're going to take that back to Johnny's and then land back at uh, fifth yeah. third it's just and look I I know that sometimes that can be met with an eye roll. If you talk to actual teammates of Rudy Rudiger, they'll tell you that he was effing annoying and it was like way too much. And yeah, it's like, but he dude. also wasn't the best player on the team. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, like, but I don't think that's the expectation. No one is saying be like Bedard, but when you've got the, the point is when you've got your best player putting in the most work, 
if you're part of that team, you kind of have to say, all right, I have no excuse here. I have to do it too. Yeah, I mean, and you, you've seen it with the guys that stay out on the on the ice after practice with him. It's mostly all of the, the younger guys uh, that are kind of building this little group. Uh, you know, him and Kershev, Reichel when he was here, Korchinski, Vlasic, like they're, they're, they're guys that stay out later after after the practice and, and, and work. And um, I mean, that's that's kind of the the, you know, culture and, and mindset that that next group uh, is, is trying to to build. And, and, you know, they're they're learning from guys, more veteran players that are that are on this roster about other aspects of things. But as, as time has gone on this season, that young group has kind of started to build their own um tendencies and and those things eventually should translate to you know more development more success and 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 they're doing it kind of as a group but bedard is clearly the you know the 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 guy at the front of things yep all right why don't we take our first break and then when we come back we're going to get to the rest of your mailbag questions for your master day and there's also a couple uh in the chat that are a little bit adjacent to what we're talking about so we'll do our best to get to those as well but Mario, are you ready? Is your Can throat we just play ready? Yesterday's what? clip, like I, 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 I am gonna set all, the bar. I'm gonna clip Monday, that man. off. I, was, I, I, I meant to clip that off before, but I guess you could just do it better today, and we'll clip that one instead. <laughs> hey, layer it up. Man. Take your own hole, man. <laughs> My coffee hasn't You're, hit. This yeah, it's, you, you. It was like your grave digger. You I had sure. There you go. Hey, do you like monster trucks? <laughs> no, this is not good enough. I will not accept this. <laughs> do you like jamming? Do you like monster jams? You just got jammed. Uh, <clears throat> brother. Ew. Uh, man, it is, I, the coffee today is... We, I don't we want talk, excuses. We, talk, we talked about yesterday. Connor Bedard no would not play like a champion. Yes, <laughs> He's not here. Well, you're lucky. Hey, Connor, come do this Monster Jam read for me. Show me you how do it's it with his jaw wired shut. Yeah. Coffee, coffee is just not hitting me this morning. All right. You got it. Monster Jam. <laughs> Monster Jam, the most unexpected, unscripted, and unforgettable motorsports experience for families and fans in the world today returns to Chicagoland for an adrenaline-charged weekend at the Allstate Arena from March 1st through the 3rd this weekend. The world's best drivers show off crazy skills in all-out racing and fierce head-to-head battles for the event championship. Engineered to perfection, the 1,200-pound Monster Jam trucks push all limits in freestyle skills, donuts, and racing competitions. Uh, appreciate that. The Arena Series West champion will receive a highly coveted automatic bid to the prestigious Monster Jam World Finals to compete for the title of World Champion. See world-class athletes in action performing the craziest stunts in motorsports. Experience big-time family fun at Monster Jam. Unexpected, unscripted, unforgettable. This is Monster Jam. See it live at the Allstate Arena March 1st through the third this weekend uh t- link for tickets is in the description nice brother <laughs> well done good job do we want to Way do to another uh, monster jam trivia sure sure 12 feet we did tall wait <laughs> ah here okay <laughs> how many truckloads of dirt are needed to set up a track for one monster jam oh event? god uh a hundred thousand Four, 47. Oh, that would take forever. That's a lot. I'll go with 47. It's really small. I'm going to say uh, it's at least 500. I'm going to say 350. Yeah. A stadium will use 500 truckloads Ooh. of dirt. An arena, close. much like the Allstate Arena, will use over 100 truckloads of dirt. Must be big trucks. That's a lot of dirt. Monster trucks. Yeah. I always think about that. And then they like vacuum it out. Why do they get rid of it? I don't know. There's Very no cool. answer to that. Like just some is, guy with a wet dry bag. <laughs> that is a yeah. How do you remove all that? That's it's crazy. Glad that's not my job. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, let's uh, let's tear open our bursting hold sack. On, hold on. Oh, oh, oh you got so excited. Oh, about I'm the sorry. You forgot track. yesterday. So you forgot again. No, I re- I did my <laughs> read yesterday. It was just not the right one. <laughs> we'll go with it. My sack is bursting. Well, that Jesus. sounds. <sighs> I got nothing. <laughs> I, I don't either. Hey, you know, I bet you there's going to be a lot of Chevys at that Monster Jam, both on go. the track and in the parking lot. It's true. 
and Ray Chevrolet is sharing, sharing their best offers all month long with their auto show sales event. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on Route 12 in Fox Lake to join in on all the savings. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. Plus, you'll find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they're offering 0% financing for 72 months on new Silverados with over 100 available right now. To top it all off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20000 Seriously, guys and girls, can pricing get more affordable? I don't think so. I know everybody loves the word free, and that's what you're going to get all month long at Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake. A free oil change is not as exciting as monster trucks, but it's still <laughs> free. All you need to do is mention CHO and schedule your oil change. Start the new year off right and schedule it by February 29th. That's like two days from now, so hurry up. <laughs> Visit Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. All right. Now we can access the bag of mail. Yes. Law, do the honors, please. Okay. Uh, let's start with... Oh, well, we were just talking to Luke, so let's get this dumb one out of the way. From uh, <laughs> who knows what this person's name is Our because they've got a different name. And they're at whatever. Anyway, that sure Karma. looks like a real account to me. Yeah. Yes. When are the Hawks going to pull the plug on Richardson? John Van O nine eight nine nine seven. Wait. When, you when get are the Hawks going to pull the plug on Richardson? Well, he's not on life support. Jesus Christ. Never. He's coach for life. Just to piss you off. Next. Karma, fake person. Next. More like peanut. Next. <laughs> All right. Is that it? Then never mind. All right. Now. Uh, okay. One. Okay. Can. Oh yeah. I know not everyone is as plugged in to the Blackhawks as, as us and our diehards, and someone might be listening to us for the first time. So to educate, Luke Richardson, as much as you may hear it from people like John Van, bunch of numbers, uh, he's not on the hot seat. His expectations are not to win with this group of, of, of misfits. No. This is a long-term plan, and Kyle Davidson brought in Luke Richardson to grow as a head coach in his first long-term head coaching position uh, and he is not just holding the spot until coach XYZ is here to contend and bring the Blackhawks over the hill this is Luke Richardson the bridge head coach to contention and the head coach for when this con when this team is supposed to be a contender and he will be a seasoned head coach at that time. Also, if you're blaming anything that's happening to the Blackhawks on Luke Richardson, you don't know the game. I'm not trying to be a, like, sure, you can quibble with should he have taken a timeout here or there? Should Connor Bedard have started overtime? All these sort of things. But guess what? Two games in a row, the game went to overtime. One game Bedard started, one game he didn't, and they lost both. Right. Like, in very similar fashion. Like, this roster would not win the Calder Cup. They might contend for the Calder Cup. <laughs> they probably wouldn't win it. Yeah. It's just not it's, a good team. You, you can't just look at the standings and say the coach is the, the problem. It's the players. Yeah. You want to talk about, you know, his lineup changes. Which, which fourth line should he mix up? The fourth one? The third one? The second one? Right. Like, it's there. there is so much that... The expectations should come when the team doesn't have half AHL or NHL AHL tweeners. Right. So no, the pressure will start when there's some actual expectations to win in a real NHL roster. Yeah. Then we can start being yeah. more critical, if more if, if, worried if, about things. But the fact that Luke yeah. Richardson hasn't like completely flipped out and like started throwing punches at us in the, in the press room shows that he's got the right demeanor for this job when yeah. things are good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's true. Like he's learning on the job too. He's acknowledged it as much. But if you listen to the guy talk. Every decision he makes has a reasonable explanation behind mm -hmm. it. Right. He's whether not just disagree, throwing darts at a wall. Whether you agree with the decision or not, at least he tells you why he made it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 99% of the times, it makes sense. We're like, okay, I don't agree yeah. with you did you that, say, but I get that. I, I understand why you did it, though. Right. Like, there's some people sort of taking issue with him taking Felino off the Bedard line and putting Bavillier up there and saying Bavillier hasn't done anything. Well, 
he's clearly trying to get Bavillier going. And I will say, in the games he's played with Bedard, he has certainly looked better. He's been more noticeable. He's trying to get more more speed with Bedard and Kurishov. Yes. Which, yes. as we know from Connor, Nick Felino is slow. <laughs> yes. So out, of the, out of the mouth <laughs> those of are babes. Con- those are Connor's <laughs> words, not mine. Nick. Kids say the darndest things. Um, and so plus, yeah. Luke F- or Nick Felino has a better chance of producing on the third line with those types of players than Anthony Beauvillier would. Like you talked about with yeah. Athens CU. Mm-hmm. Putting mm-hmm. players them in their proper Putting players in, in positions to succeed. Yes, we know Nick Felino has been good with Connor Bedard, but maybe over time Anthony Beauvillier could be better. Maybe not. Maybe. But Who the knows? only way to do it is try. Who knows? Yeah. Right. It's not like the Hawks are you know Ripping off this isn't blowout the, victories with Nick Felino on the top line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't the 2013 Blackhawks, and they are out of the playoff picture. And then you question the coaching abilities of, at the time, Joel Quenville. This right. is a team that is not expected to do anything. Right. All right. Let's move on. All right. Let's now that we got that stupid one out of the way. Let's go to <laughs> Alberto Vitale, and he says. It's looking like the Hawks will have a quiet trade deadline, but with Tyler Johnson and Colin Blackwell looking like the most likely to get traded based on some insiders, what kind of return would you want for both to ship them out? You're, I, 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 would, I want all your first-round picks. Yeah. <laughs> Temper your expectations. what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, Don't expect yeah. much. It's not going to be – I would say third-round picks max – you're probably eating half of Tyler Johnson's contract too yeah. for the rest of the year, yeah. which, which is, is fine. Which Who is cares? Not, yeah, it's not it's a big nothing. deal. Two and a half million dollars for. But it's maybe maybe season. that eating half that salary can get you a conditional second round sure. pick. Where yeah, maybe. if you win, a, if the team he goes to wins the first round, it gets bumped if they up. They play to the and they play in the conference final. Yeah, yeah well, However, that stuff, that stuff yeah. works. Colin Blackwell, man, if you get a third round pick for him, do you're doing cartwheels? You, like, yeah. That's a great you, return for him. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't trade him because you think he's worth more value to your team for the rest of this season than the sixth round pick you're being offered for him, then you keep him. The Bla- and the Blackhawks are are, I'd say it's more likely that their best potential return at th- this trade deadline is by helping facilitate in a three team trade than what you may get for a Colin Blackwell or Tyler Johnson. Right. Yeah, and there was a comment earlier I saw as we were starting to show mentioning Connor Murphy. Yeah, this is from Phil McCracken. Uh, oh, says, yeah. I've been spending a lot of time on Cap Friendly for fun. Lots of interesting trades I can see the Hawks doing. <laughs> One I like is Murphy to Toronto for Gregor, a great right-handed to prospect, RHD prospect, Nimala, and a 2024 That's first. Guys, Jesus Christ. Connor Murphy is damaged goods. He's dead right now. Even at full with. health, the yeah, best you're getting no. for Connor Murphy is a second round pick. You're, and you take that and you run. Yeah, that that is you're not getting that for Connor Murphy. You're not getting that for Connor Murphy 2 years ago, not let alone now. And Toronto, here this is going to be the other thing that that needs uh it's going to make this trade deadline very very interesting. There are a lot of teams with either no cap space or no draft capital or both <laughs> that are going to be looking like the I don't think the Florida Panthers have a dra- a pick in the next nine drafts like it certainly does are the Panthers in that spot I thought the Lightning were Lightning don't have a lot of draft picks to give up the Panthers gave up a ton of draft picks you know in the, in in the past I don't think they have a whole lot yeah, I mean yeah you might be right uh the 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 Maple Leafs don't have next year's the draft. Blackhawks have Maple Leafs right. uh, they used to have a first pick. round pick this year this year they have the 2025 yeah. pick. they don't have 2025 so they're not trading that if they can get away oh with yeah it. yeah F- Florida no first round or second round yeah. this year no first round next year yeah so who who exactly are they getting this trade deadline unless they get creative mm-hmm. and I don't think they have a great uh, I don't think they have like AHL guys that are worth a first round pick to being out there. So it's going to be uh, Mackie Samuskevich. I'd take him. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a crazy trade deadline because a lot of the teams that are going to look to upgrade, you look at Boston. Boston needs something. They have not been very good lately. They are f- rapidly falling back to earth. Mm. The Panthers have caught them and passed them. Are they? Um, 
Are they F words? They are F words. You can choose whatever F word you want. Um, <laughs> Frouds. But uh, but what do they have to trade? They don't have a lot of capital. They don't have a lot of cap space. They're saying they may trade Linus Olmark in order to get another player. Yeah, as much as as much as Olmark and Swayman are a great duo, when you have two starting caliber goalies, you you can you trade one to get, you can get rid of one. Yeah, yeah, you can trade one to get no, something you don't have. No first, second, or third round pick this year for Boston. No yeah. second round pick uh, next year. So, like, these teams are going to have to get creative, and that's where the Blackhawks might be able to sweep in and make things interesting. Boston um, also projected cap space $61,000. That's, that's not going to afford hard. an NHL yeah. player on that. When you uh, have no draft cap capital space. and you have no cap space, that means you NH- have to get That crazy. means NHL players are, are moving off your roster. Yeah. So do the, do the Blackhawks come in and say, we'll, we'll take a bad contract off you to help you clear some cap space for you to make a bigger trade we'll see what happens who's a bad contract on the Milan Lugic Bruins (laughs) David Pasternak they should get rid of that contract well that's the thing is you're looking like that's a horrible deal yeah we'll we'll give him a seventh round pick Derek Forbeau three million dollars get rid of that maybe I don't know there's, there, there, there because are most of the guys that, that would give, sorry, that would give them cap relief are guys that are also going to help them. Right. Yeah. So it's so you're you're kind of in a in an odd spot, but hey, that's that's when a team like Chicago with all their cap space, you know, that's that's where you try and capitalize. Despite not having try and take advantage of a team. Despite not having a lot of guys to physically trade. Kyle Davidson's phone is going to be very busy yeah, that mm-hmm. week because it's going to be a lot of, hey, can you take this contract off of our hands? Right. What will it take? Because we have this p- particular trade worked out with this team, but we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. What can we give, we'll you, give you with this fifth, player? We'll give you a fifth-round pick next year for picking up an extra $2 million on your, yeah, on your or cap or whatever. we want to get rid of this contract. Will you take this guy's deal for this year or next year like they did with Zaitsev mm-hmm. if we throw in – you know, a second round pick yeah. or yeah. our top AHL prospect, something yep. like that. They're, they're going to be involved in a lot of trades, not necessarily making much, but he's going to be on a lot of uh, three-way calls Why mm-hmm. not? before the mm-hmm. end of the trade deadline. Sometimes you have to pay extra for those. All right, let's do All one right, more before we got to take another Canada. break. Yeah, here. let's uh, do another uh, trade question. This is from Colby Young. And uh, Colby says, is there any thought of trading for Zegras as another young guy to pair no. up with Bedard and Greg, others? your favorite topic. No. I don't know why Blackhawk fans are obsessed with Trevor Zegras. First of all, the Ducks, he's not on the market, at least not yet. Uh, I know he's uh, exciting. Ask, ask Montreal fans. They're all in on him, too. I know he's exciting. Uh, he's having issues staying on the ice. And when he has been on the ice this year, he's been bad. He's been Lucas Reichel bad. Unproductive. Yep. Not a lot of points. Trevor Zegers, Luke Richardson would hate Trevor Zegers. I don't know. I don't know if he would hate Trevor Zegers. I think he would be a player that he would have to get creative on how to connect with him. Yeah, I just I don't think Trevor Zegers fits the kind of mold Kyle Davidson is looking to build. He's young. He's fast. He's got skill. I just look, I don't, man. If, he was, if, if, if Anaheim is soured on Trevor Zegers, I'm picking up the phone and asking. I, the guy has too it, much it, talent it, to just be like. Pfft. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, I I agree. But I also think he's Anaheim. He's 22. I also think Anaheim's just not letting him go. I wouldn't would, think so. But there's silly. a lot of so, smoke there. So, you know, it's going to cost you. It, it, you're not you're not winning that deal. If that makes sense, like you're giving up something very important to get him. But this is where you talk about the the Hawks having these draft assets. Mm-hmm. Like they've got almost too many picks. Kyle Davidson said it himself. Like you can't have unlimited draft picks. Like it sounds great and everything, but like at some point, if they hit, you're screwed. You got too many players. You don't. You only have so many spots you're able to carry. So yeah, I don't know. Like the idea of Trevor Zegers on a line with Connor Bedard is very tempting. And no, he's not a perfect player by any means. And yes, like Riley says, he's one-dimensional. He's 22. You can coach him can you? into being a better Maybe. player. I don't know. why. Are, he's having one bad year in which he's hurt. 
I don't know why all of a sudden Trevor Zegers is this like albatross guy who will never be anything more. He's 22. He's got 146 games uh, points in 200 games. He's having a down year this year. He's been hurt. But last year he had 65 points in 81 games. The year before, 61 points in 75 games. And 13 and 24 his rookie year. He has been a producer. And the sample size is he's got three years of being close to, not close to point per game, but a dependable scorer a and a down year where he's been hurt all year. A 60-point producer as a early 20, in your early 20s is, like, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, do, I don't, look, I get, like, there was a lot of hype around him, and then he has struggled this year, so there's a lot of people that are like, ugh, cancer, bad guy. Screw that. If if Anaheim is going to be dumb enough to give up on Trevor Zegers, I am happy to accommodate that error. My, I'm sorry. My, my thing is this. When I listen to... Luke Richardson talk about what he needs out of Lucas Reichel. That's exactly the, what I see. The difference is Zegers up until this season is producing. Yes, that's the thing. You but, can live with Lucas Reichel's mistakes if he's pumping in 60, 70 points a year. Luke Richardson is happy to live with 70 points of one-dimensional play, but it's with, with Reichel not scoring and not doing anything else that you can't live with. Wow. And he tried for how many games? 50 games, 55, whatever it was. He gave Reichel every opportunity and said, like, hey, he is learning the two-way game. We're going to try him at center. Overall, we've been happy with the way he's played at all ends. He just needs to produce and needs to be more aggressive. I don't know. I I, I think that it's – I think that the, it, Anaheim's looking to move on from Zegris. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't pick up that phone. Sure, you call and ask, and when he wants two first-round picks and all this stuff, you say thanks, but no thanks. I'm I would give two first-round picks for Trevor Zegers. You also thought Ryan Reeves is going to fix the Maple Leafs. <laughs> hey, I, it's, it's fine, but I, I would do it. Like, look, you're you're talking about lottery tickets, and if I'm not giving up the, I'm not giving up a top three pick for Trevor Zegers, but one of these middle of the first-round picks. They've got a ton of draft capital. If what are the odds that one of the you get two? Let's say you get two middle or late first round picks. What are the odds that one of those two picks turn into a player of the quality of Trevor Zegers for what he's shown his first three years in the league? Yeah, no, I I, I think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I, I I just think for for the Blackhawks and the situation that they're in, the way Kyle Davidson is going about this, if they didn't have. Say, uh, Oliver Moore and Frank Nazar, you know, coming down the pipeline, then I think you're you're looking at a, a position where you might be like, we're pretty thin beyond Connor Bedard in, in the f- young forwards department. Maybe you maybe you say, you know what, we're going to sacrifice a first round pick to get Zegers now. I think that makes a lot more sense. But knowing that you have Nazar, you know, all signs pointing to him potentially being in the organization you know, as, as an actual under contract player, at least, uh, by next season. And Oliver Moore is, is a, probably a year away from turning pro as well. Like, I think the, the urgency to get that kind of player with Bedard is a little less. So you look at it and you're like, well, we got, we got guys coming, you know, and, and they're going to be under our control. They're going to be, uh, you know, under the mold that Kyle Davidson is, is, is trying to build this team in. So I think it's, it's, would it be great? I think there's potential for that, but at the cost that it would be, um, I just don't think they're in a desperate situation for that kind of talent. I don't think it, first of all, I don't think it's going to take two firsts if Anaheim is truly sour on him. I, I just, look, I'm, I am enamored with Nazar and I'm enamored with more, but as, as with any first round pick or any draft pick at all, you don't know what they're going to be in the NHL. You don't. Trevor Zegers, again, he's banged up this year. We're a year removed from him being one of the most exciting players in the game. He was being mentioned, not in terms of talent, but in terms of exciting players that can't miss TV with Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. I'm not saying he's that level, but he was in that, like, Trevor Zegers has must-see TV, offensive skill, the future of the league. He's on the cover of NHL 23. He's a star, and he's got one year where he's hurt and not great, and and I, Brandon reminds me here, he's playing for Pat Verbeek's team. Pat Verbeek is a weirdo. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a massive hard ass, and he's probably got a hard on in a bad way for Trevor Zegers, and it's not a good situation for him. I, I don't know. I, I just think that everyone this year has been so quick to crap on Trevor Zegers. Like, my God, look at the sample size. Look at what the guy's done in his career. 
He's hurt this year. He's, he's having a, I mean, down year, of course. But to just dismiss it as no is foolish. I mean, that's, I think that's showing like way too much faith and maybe a little too much of buying the hype on, on Chicago's own prospects because we don't know what Nazar is going to be. We don't know what Moore is going to be. We're hopeful, but there's a reason that 17 other GMs pass on Oliver Moore when he was sitting right there, right? What was it? What was he pick? 18th, 17th, 19th. 19th. So and 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 Frank Nazar was there. Like they're not sure things. And if they are, and if you happen to have three Trevor Zegerses on your team, great. Get on the phone and go get some more assets and trade for a need. But to just dismiss him is, I don't know. I think Trevor Zegers is going to make somebody in Anaheim look real dumb when he gets traded to another team. Maybe. Anyway, this is not ANHM. Nicks. <laughs> Good stuff. Are we going to do more? Should we yeah, do, let's keep going. Wanna, yeah, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. All righty. All right, so let's get back to these. What do we got here? Uh, oh, we got a, a two-parter here uh, from Colin. Hockey fan 98. Uh, what do you think our goaltending situation looks like either next year or the year after? Morazic is signed for two more years, obviously, but uh, Soderblom is only under contract through next season. If his play continues through next season, who backs up Morazic? And he continues. It's obviously too early for a Comesso call up, but do the Hawks turn to free agency, a trade perhaps for a cheap goalie, or do they turn to Stauber? I think I'd prefer the latter, but what do you all think? They trade for Linus Allmark. <laughs> <laughs> and they got a great one-two combination. Uh, I think they're just going to sign some veteran next year to back up Mrazek. Well, as we've covered, the free it's agent goalie market good. is all former Blackhawks, yeah. basically. Right. <laughs> Soderblom is signed for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't be surprised but if they for, back. But for how he has played this year, do they go back to Mrazek Soderblom in the NHL next year again? I don't know. I mean, you got to see how he finishes. Yeah. I he guess. seemed to be getting more. Maybe it was just his me. last start. Was, was he getting better. more work in practice today than Morazic? Or did I just imagine not that? Not that I noticed. No. I mean, I his, would not his, start him against Colorado. His, his last start <laughs> was better. Um, I think if, I, I, you know, I think if they, if they go back to Morazic Soderblom uh, next season, you know, keep Stauber and, and Camezzo in, in Rockford again for another year. Um, I, get, I I wouldn't really have a problem with that, but I mean, given what Soderblom has sh- has shown you, like, what are you going to give Morazic sixty five starts next year? Like, it's you know this again. Next year is not really a a, a go for it contention year, um, but you still have to give the guys uh, playing in front of these goaltenders some confidence in, in who's behind them. Morazic has done that. Soderblom is not. So yeah. it's it's too early for Camezzo. Um, you know, I, I, I think Jackson Stauber is, is, is an, a, a fine guy, but I don't think he's answering no. anything in net for the Blackhawks. So do you go out and get a, a, a free agent that didn't formerly play for this organization? Maybe. Um, maybe what happens at the trade deadline, you know, this year or maybe at the draft or something is uh, – getting a, a veteran goaltender that's on an expiring deal and you have some competition for the backup spot between them and, and Soder and Soder Bloom. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's one of the, I guess, least less consequential positions right now because you have Morazic, he's giving you some, some hope for the next two years and you have, you have Camezzo coming up, you have Guyon uh, in the system as well. So there's there's a future there, and it's it's just going to take some time to get there. Yeah, if you don't want to do Arvid Soderblom again next year, here's here's your top goalie free agents: uh, Matt Murray out there, who apparently uh, is like alive again. Uh, you can have Ilya Samsonov, no thanks. Uh, Chris Dredger is available. Um, That's a veteran guy. Yeah, but he he's got injury problems. Uh, Kapo Kakanen is an interesting guy from the Sharks. Is he an RFA or a UFA? He is a UFA. Oh, Good flyer okay. on him. 27 years old. He was a guy that I was kind of hoping when uh, um, the Blackhawks were trading Marc-Andre Fleury to the Wild, they'd get yeah. back in return. Yep. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of his games in the AHL. Uh, Kevin Lankinen's out there. <laughs> I mean, 
the, he's basically finished Arvin Soderblom. Um, Eric Comrie, another veteran. There's a veteran. Laurent Brisson. There's a Would veteran. you like him? There, there is a, he's car- got good there is a career year, backup. Yeah, but that dude. <laughs> yeah, but at being Connor Hellebuck's backup, he is 8 and 4 with a 2.28 GAA and a 928 hey, save percentage. I'll go. take that. That's, uh, that's playing uh, with the Jets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anti Ranta, no thanks. Too ouchy. Love the guy, but can't stay healthy. This Phoenix Copley or, or Anthony Stolars, do they excite that's you? The- Cam Talbot. None Can't of them excite, it. but they Can't a lot it. of them just check the box of being NHL a backup on a bad Can't team. Yeah, I mean, it's it, if you get a, a, a guy, like I said, like if you get a guy that's a, a veteran that can push Soderbloom to perform and earn the backup spot behind Mrazek, uh because you still have faith in Soderbloom and want want him to you know get the get the good out of him and, and maybe sign him for a little little extension himself, fine. Uh, and then if it doesn't work out, then you have two goalies that have expiring contracts instead of one. Yeah. Whatever. Like, it's, again, with, with Mrazek getting the extension, uh, he's, the, he's the starter until the, the next wave right. is here. The, la- the backup goaltender next year is the least consequential position on the yeah. team. It doesn't matter. Uh, and if it's Soderblom again, fine. Wendy City Hockey says Alex Stalock. I say, <laughs> hell yeah, spring back yeah, Alex bring him Stalock. Back. Why not? Uh, Jaybird's Music was asking that if Guyon was going to be in the Ice Hogs next year. New, oh, new. He's got to go college. Long, long time before we even were. He's, he's not even in college yet. Yeah. So we're talking two, three years before he's professional. Yeah. He's a long way out. Yeah, chill on uh, Adam Guyan. Yeah, he'll, Speaking he'll, of chilling, he'll take some time. Crack yourself a nice mm. cold Coors Light. That was a fa- my go-to phenomenal. when I want to chill. How about you, Law? Phenomenal uh, uh, segue there. And Thank yes, you. There's nothing finer than a nice cold Coors Light. It's mm-hmm. it's delightful. And when uh, you're stressed out from uh, yelling at salespeople about oh, Patrick Kane, or you're yeah. stressed <laughs> out from Defending uh, Trevor Zegers. <laughs> from defending Trevor Zegers. Noted bust Trevor Zegers. Uh, sometimes you just need to relax. And when I need to relax and take the edge off, I crack open a nice cold Coors Light. And you know why it's so wonderful? You should know by now. It's cold lagered. It's cold filtered. It's cold packaged Is it for cold? a smoother finish. It's cold. Oh, and when yeah. those mountains turn blue, you know it's cold. It's delicious. When it's time to chill, open up a Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment. As crisp and refreshing as the lowercase Colorado Rockies. <laughs> when it's time to chill, Coors Light is the beer I reach for, and you should too. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to, write this down, CoorsLight.com slash CHGO Hockey. Again, mm-hmm. CoorsLight.com slash CHGO Hockey. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It is Golden. Tis golden. You know what else is golden? Golden Richards. Going to uh, CHGO takeovers and parties. Yeah. And being a diehard. And you really want to be a diehard now because our next takeover is uh, coming up here in a few weeks. United Center. March 26th, baby. March 26th. Flames. Flames. Blackhawks. Or should I say Calgary? Are we allowed to say Calgary? The Calgary Hockey Club is (laughs) in the Chicago professional hockey arena <laughs> and we're gonna get lower bowl tickets you want to sit that? on one you ever want to sit in the 100 level for a hawks game well now you can with us march 26 and the cool thing is these tickets are only available to our diehards for the next couple of days through thursday through thursday so we want it to be a diehard only event so become a diehard yep grab your tickets get a free shirt You'll be able to wear it to the game. Yep. If you're already, if you're not a diehard and you're like, I'll just wait till it hits the general public sale. It's not going to be there. General public. If, even if there are tickets there, you're still spending more. You get a 20% discount on mm-hmm. your ticket. Yes. Not only for that, but for any and all events, and tailgates, Bulls games. We got a lot of baseball takeovers coming this summer. Three for each team, yep. including a road trip to see the Cubs in Milwaukee. You get mm. 20% off of that. Be being a diehard, and plus you get access to Jay's Blackhawks beat yep. every week. Mario and I's rebuild report. Twenty percent off merch. The Chicago Locker. Speaking of taking stuff off at the Chicago Locker, hey now, like your clothes, everything is thirty percent off. Almost everything is thirty percent, except shirts released in the last forty-eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> get thirty percent off all your favorite uh, Mar- 
merch over at chgolocker.com. It's our clearance sale only through tomorrow. You have through Wednesday. So go pick up. If there's a classic shirt you've been wanting to get, yep. you've been wanting to get the CHGO Blackhawks logo, you just haven't thought about it, getting around to it, now is your best chance. Do it. 30% off all of our merch. It's great time to be a CHGO fan and a CHGO diehard. So a note about the takeover. As of 11 a.m. today, 10 of the 25 were sold. Oh. We have 25. So if you think they're going to be here for Thursday for the general sale, you're mistaken. General There's no sale. way. Become a diehard today. Get a free shirt. You can rock it at the game and come join us. Region Rev is going to be there. Hey, It's going to be fun. a good time. It's a double anthem night. It's pride night. Yeah, It's going to be a fun night at the United Center. Good stuff. So make sure you become a diehard. And speaking of diehards... We got a whole bunch of new ones to welcome over the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Wes. Don is with us now. Timmy, Holden, Michael, Ryan, Mike, Ian, Scott, Darius, and Gary. We also have Phil, Zach, Robert, Kyle, Aaron, and David. Sausage fest up in here. Let's get some ladies on board here. At, at, uh, Greg, is it just me or should he have read Scott's name before Ian's? That would have been Scott Ian. Scott Ian. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that. I just yeah. read it as it's typed. Yeah. My friends. Mm. Go Anthrax. All right. The band, not the <laughs> lethal chemical. <laughs> to be clear. Depends on the depends, depends on, who, on recipient. Depends on who's opening that envelope. Oh, that is the FBI knocking on the door. All right. We oh should wrap God. up soon. Uh, let's get to a couple more mailbags here before we got to say goodbye. All right. This one. Uh, How many more do we have, by the way? We have four left. All right. Let's rifle through. Yeah, the I think we, we can get we through can. all these. Okay. This one is interesting. I like this one a lot. Unbiased right. Bears fan. And it, it, Chris Chellis mentioned this in his speech on Sunday. He said, also, this happened to me a couple of years ago. Did Seabrooks hit on Bacchus spring a cup-winning run for us? I always thought it did. However, whenever I look it up, the year says 2014. Is this a modern-day Mandela effect? It bewildered me when I investigated. Yes, it was 2014. Yeah, Wakey Wakey yeah. was in the 2014 series. They, that was the series. Semi, they, semifinal to go to the Western Conference right. final. They won that series, but then they lost to the Kings. Kings, yep. And maybe the best seven-game yeah. series of the Cub run, like that series, that yeah. 2014 Kings. That, that felt that like was the amazing. final. That was sure. that was probably of the three Stanley Cup runs. That series, even though it was one of the few that they lost, yeah, that was the best hockey. It that was, was great, amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it mm-hmm. did not uh, happen in a Cup-winning year, but they did win the next year. So maybe it inspired them yeah. to win it in 2013. There you go. Perfect. Next. Long con. All right. Uh, next up, Jacob Barron. Is there really a contest for the Calder Trophy? No. no. The fact that Bedard never lost the rookie point lead after missing six weeks should be enough of a factor. Your the thoughts? The only people keeping the race alive is a writer in Minnesota who is the burner account for the GM. It is <laughs> It is the uh, the too, too hip thing to do to be uh, – you know, pumping the tires for Brock Faber because, you know, it's, it's, it's apparently being seen as uncool to say Connor Bedard is the best NHL rookie right now. And look like as, as the, the, the question said, like he never lost the lead in points. And as soon as he stepped back on the ice, it was, what, six points in three games? Yeah. Like, he immediately was just like, hey, by the way, I'm still here. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is my, you know, my trophy to win. So, look, like, can you, can you say, oh, it's just because of the hype? Yeah, you can. But when he meets and exceeds the hype, your, your argument's gone. Right. So, and, and Brock Faber, hell of a season, man. It's it's not a bad thing to be yeah, the second be best rookie a in the great NHL. Player. Any any other rookie year, he's probably winning the yeah. Calder. Yep. But any other rookie not year. year, I like Brock Faber. I wish the Blackhawks had Brock yeah. Faber. Yeah. Uh, just the the obsession over Brock Brock Faber on both sides. The Wild fans pumping their tires, and then the Blackhawk fans' obsession of like, what did Brock Faber do last night? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like it, it, it's, yeah. he's not on our team. Who oh. cares? It's uh, and there's also not a single fan or analyst in hockey. That would make a Connor Bedard for Brock Faber trade. There's, of no, course, no, no. And every Minnesota fan, if that was offered, they would all take Connor Bedard happily on the Wild for Brock Faber. Yeah. Yes, make no mistake. All right, moving right along. This yes. is from Efren. Which AHL eligible players currently on the Hawks roster 
Vlasic, Phillips, Anderson, etc. Do you see being sent down to Rockford, if any, after the regular season ends? Would AHL playoff hockey provide any added benefits to their development? Uh, not Vlasic. So here's the other thing, too. Those those guys will be sent down prior to the right. trade. You deadline. have to be on the As AHL a paper transaction. Yeah, paper. Yeah, paper. At the deal. NHL trade line before yes. you freak out. Yeah. So we'll know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll, so we'll, we'll know. know which guys. I to me, it's just Phillips and Crevier at this point. Yeah. Phillips and Crevier. Yeah. I think Vlasic's an NHL player. Vlasic's your second best defenseman. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's not going back to Rockford. Anderson, um, I think, is an NHL guy now. Anderson's, Anderson's in the NHL. Zach Sanford, I think he's so he cleared waivers. He's probably headed to Rockford he's as got soon as thirty days. As soon as Anthanasio yeah. is is back in the lineup, Sanford will be the guy that that'll head down there. Um, Reichel, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with him? But I feel like he'll be one of those players that either is a paper transaction or he might still be on Rockford's he might roster. Still be there. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, when is the deadline? March March 8th. 8th. Oh, well that's only that's a week like away. Weeks. Yeah. A little over a week. Yeah. So 10 days. A week from 10 yeah, days. Thursday. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean it's Phillips, Crevier, Reichel. Those are your, those are your guys. Yeah, I could see them keeping Reichel there for another few days and then yeah. But and we'll and that. would would playoff hockey being in a playoff run uh, playoff atmosphere, even if it's in the AHL, be uh, good for the development. Yeah, sure. playing in games that matter, uh, that 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 have you know those those you know winner go home uh, th- uh, atmosphere. Yeah, that's that's good. Good for All young right, players. Let's, uh, let's rifle through these and wrap up the show here. All right, so this is our final uh, mailbag Monday oh, on a Tuesday it. question. This is Dan Battaglia. I like this one. You guys have talked about video review. Here's my solution, especially for offside. Refs can only review the play at either full speed or half speed. If they still can't tell, then the call on the ice stands. No more frame-by-frame video. I like that. I'm down with that. I'm all for getting rid of it completely. But, yeah, look at it. If you couldn't look at it at full speed... If you can't tell, yeah, I think it's then great. You can't yeah. tell because I, I hate this frame by frame crap. It's, like, it's right. not you the know, spirit of the violation. Right. Yeah, you know what would also help uh, if if frame by frame was taken out, seeing if people were wide open or not, seeing if a wide right. open lane was there or not. <laughs> yeah, because if you pause it for that one split second, it's wide open. Mm-hmm. But the second you unpause it, oh my god, it's not open anymore. Yeah, and it's you know weird. what? You know what? You don't get a sense of when you go. W- one single frame at a time. How fast the play is going? The speed of the play. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really, you're making too much so. sense. If you want to understand the speed of the play, join us for our takeover, March 26th. Yeah, you'll, you'll 100 get 100 level, you really get a feel for the speed of hockey. Of the speed. You I'm, could all tell Seth Jones he sucks from right there. I, yeah. I'm uh, I'm all, <laughs> I'm done with replay. I hate replay in sports. The only thing it should decide is if, like, scoring plays are good in all sports. Does that scoring play count? Yeah. That's it. If you can't I'm, figure I'm, it out and, and yeah. like the offside stuff, it's I think it's also making the referees a little more lackadaisical, lackadaisical, make, you know the word I meant. Lackadaisical. That's the one. Um, it's this Coors Edge, man. It impedes <laughs> my speech. Uh, it's making them a little like, ah, don't worry. If I miss it, they'll just challenge it. We'll get it right eventually. I don't need to be, I don't need to make these close calls. Yeah. Uh, I hate the offside replay. Nobody knows what offside is anymore. Nobody has a clue what goaltender interference is. Forget it. Just replay should be for did the puck cross the goal line or not? That's it. Put the human put the human element back in sports. It's okay. I'm with you. Make sports human again. That's right. All right. That's the end of our sack. Our sack is uh, now completely empty. Sack is deflated. So then, yep. Well, now the sack's been empty. We like get some new floors in here. Yes, to (laughs) help our new sacks look good. Are you telling the people about Empire? I am telling the people about Empire, yes. I have it right here. Perfect. So people, listen to me tell you about Empire. Empire Today, where you get shop-at-home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and most importantly, a low-price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have a ton of copycats out there, but Empire can't be beating on quality, quality, service, speed, so competitors are going to advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't care, carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. And that is just wrong. <laughs> Best feature about shopping at home 
with Empire, besides not having to put on pants, is using <laughs> their virtual floor designer. And that's how you get to see how your floor, new floors are going to look in the lighting and decor that's already in your home. All you got to do is take a picture of the room, and then the virtual floor designer will show you exactly what the new floors will look like. They service their own warranties. You're not going to have to chase down a manufacturer and find out that company went out of business in 1956. Empire will service Companies their own for 50 warranty. Years. Some old-ass <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, there's some old-ass houses out there. Yeah. Schedule a free home estimate today. All listeners can get $350 off when they use the promo code CHGO. That's some serious savings right there. there Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash CHGO for all the details. Or you could just give them a call at 800-588-2300. That's right. Everybody knows that number. And today, Empire. as I entered the studio, I was very sad. It's the first day it does not smell like bacon in yeah, here. Yeah, the bacon it's smells since gone. Since Charlie's last visit. I think I know, we've had the windows open a little bit, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah Charlie, come Char- back. Yeah, Charlie, get back here. I mean, you know. we got to get Charlie back Bring in here. Riddle. And until Charlie comes back, we're just going to have to create the smell of Charlie's bacon at our homes. Because Charlie the Bacon Guy is our craft bacon provider. Did you know craft bacon's a thing? You do now. It's made by Charlie the Bacon Guy. He's based out of Woodridge, and he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 35 different flavors. They're not all full of preservatives and chemicals and stuff that is not natural. Everything in his bacon is all natural, preservative-free. And order a bunch of it because you know it's vacuum-sealed. It freezes up perfectly. It lasts up to 60 days in the fridge and a week after the seal is broken. Nine months longer than that in the freezer. And the bacon jam, if you can hold out that long, lasts 90 days in the fridge and a year in the freezer. But if you're keeping bacon in your freezer that long, you are doing it wrong. The bacon jam goes on everything from eggs to toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, charcuterie boards, cinnamon rolls, pizza, and Charlie's favorite, the spoon. Mm-hmm. Put it on anything, and you can check out the Bacon Vault at charliethebaconguy.com. That shows you every flavor he's ever made in the past. And if it's not available now, give Charlie about two weeks, and he can make it for you. They've got awesome merch, beanies, hats, T-shirts, stickers, and coffee mugs. We saw a preview with some of the new merch ideas he's got. They Good look stuff. awesome. Yeah. Uh, some of the flavors for now are maple pepper, chorizo, French toast, honey chipotle, Cajun, Jardinera, raspberry chipotle, and the Maui Wowie bacon yeah. jams are original bourbon, mango habanero, and cherry jalapeno. I had all of them. They're all great. Starting now, you can save 10% on your order at charliethebaconguy.com. When you use code CHGO at checkout, you can pick it up, which is the most efficient way, or he can deliver to you, meet you halfway, or even ship it. He makes the bacon so you can bring it home. Get in touch with him, charliethebaconguy.com. He's on Instagram at charliethebaconguy. Shoot him an email, charliethebaconguy at gmail.com. Get yourself some bacon. And I will say, makes a wonderful gift. It does. It makes a great gift. Mm-hmm. Did that for Christmas this year. Yep. And I bet everybody absolutely loved it. I'm sure they did. Yep. It's great. It's thoughtful. It's really good stuff. So charliethebaconguy.com. All right. We're going to be back tomorrow. I know we're going to have... Uh, Pete Blackburn from the What Chaos podcast on the show. So we'll do a little bit of around the league. We will have some post-practice updates as we always do as well. So before you go, make sure you smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Same deal on your favorite podcast app. Like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So until tomorrow at 2.30, we'll talk to you. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Silly like the mayor.